1: be a little too fancy very trying to be too fancy be a little too fancy very trying to be too fancy hello there you melty popsicles it's chappie your british butler keep calm and cauliflower cheese 198 today how are you how are you doing how are you feeling good today Have you found a way of keeping cool? Well, I have got a wet sock around my neck. I'm trying not to get it too close to the electricals here because then you'll have a fried British butler. You'll have a roasted suckling pig butler with the apple in the mouth, a Cox's orange pippin firmly placed between the mouth and I'll be absolutely roasted here. Shocking, simply shocking. Oh, it's so nice to be here in the cool of the air conditioning. I'm, yes, very lucky to have air conditioning. I know a lot of people in the UK do not have it. There's only one spot in my parents' garden when it gets insanely hot as it did one day in 2003. It's under the tree that my father calls after my name and you just sit under there and that's the only cool space in the entire garden. I mean, my mother says, we just open the windows. That's our air conditioning. Well, you know, when it gets to like 85, 90, I haven't checked in with her today, but uh, I don't know if it's really working. But anyway, the wet sock around the neck. Now I've heard about wet socks uh, when you have a fever and there is an old wise tale uh, when it comes to folk medicine. Basically, so if you have a fever, you take a pair of socks and put them in cold water and put your feet in hot water. Then you go to bed, you put the wet socks on your feet, and it increases circulation and blood flow. I know it sounds weird, but the next day supposedly relieves congestion and your fever. So I'm just trying it around my neck. Just a wet sock around the neck. It is a little bit drippy. So that's not very pleasant, is it? Like there's gentle droplets just cascading down the chest. Yeah, that's not very, very pleasant at all, but the remedy, according to doctors though, is quite interesting. This is the wet socks basically on and putting your, socks, your feet in hot water. Um, so if you have a fever, the, a doctor would tell you to cool yourself instead of warming yourself up. So this is the way you do it. You give yourself basically a, a shock of hot water uh, around the, uh, the coldness of the socks and then you just wear the entire thing to bed. I'm trying the philosophy around my neck because they do, do that at Wimbledon don't they I mean you could put ice I've got another solution for you later coming up on the podcast that we'll uh, we'll discuss but you, they, they, people do put ice necklaces around at Wimbledon don't you see these tennis players with their ice necklaces around trying to keep cool trying to keep the heat away from from their neck but there's nothing worse they say that if you get your neck sunburned there's nothing worse than that and it can be uh it can be fatal in some cases so you never have enough and you sweat so much that the uh, sunscreen comes off the neck as you sweat. So you have to apply sunscreen on the neck even more liberally than other places. Anyway, what a fascinating start to the show. Uh, we'll have some British uh, stay cool in the heat remedies coming up a little bit later on the podcast. But it's hot. We need an ice cold beverage, a little icy mojito, or even a glass of... You know, Grigio with a couple of ice cubes in could uh, could cure, cure all at the moment. And I do honestly believe hot tea cools you down. People don't believe it. I had a debate last week in California. my um, love of myself. She does not believe that hot tea cools you down in hot weather. But it's an age-old remedy, my darlings. The world is going crazy this week, isn't it? You have basically... Two redheads saved the reputation of the redhead on Tuesday with the England crickets like Johnny Berstow, Ben Stokes, probably paid some of the finest innings, especially Berstow. And these are two redheads. Redheads have been cast- castigated for too long, I think. And uh, they, they're probably our saviors. They are, in, in a way, Celtic gods. Forget Greek gods. You've got the Celtic gods of the redhead redheads. And I think redheads could indeed become our savior, if we ever reach the apocalypse, the messiah may come back as a redhead. And people, you know, dispute these things, they're disputing that the messiah may be a redhead. They, they obviously, Jesus had a long beard, uh, Middle Eastern. Well, there's lots of things about Jesus. Jesus, in fact, did smoke weed. Tell my daughter this the other day, Jesus. And back in the day, back in biblical times, Jesus did smoke weed. And we'll be, we'll be discussing that at some point during the uh, podcast. But the, I think we have redhead messiahs. England also beat the, the one-day world uh, record uh, in one-day cricket. 490 runs. It's been a crazy week. And then everything's hot everywhere. We're basically we're, we're becoming boiled yolks here. We're like fried eggs on the pavements, on the sidewalks. And that's what's happening, you know. Gradually, our white is boiled up. It's completely solid and the yolk is becoming cooked. That is how hot it is nearly everywhere at the moment. So if you want to chill out, want to chillax in front of some audio delectation, then uh, this podcast will hopefully provide you the coolness that you you need. I'm, I'm like proverbial cool as the English cucumber. And you know, the English cucumber is indeed longer, not as thick as the American cucumber. The American cucumber is a very thick cucumber. The English cucumber is slightly more pointy. It's a little bit like our sort of noses, our snacks, a little bit more pointy, but it's longer and thinner. And I think it provides a little bit more relief and chill on a hot day than than an American cucumber. If indeed there's anything such thing as an American cucumber. I know there there is an English cucumber, but n- probably nothing, <laughs> nothing along with it. I don't know. They, do the Americans just call them the American cucumbers? And they look more like a courgette for you English people out there. If you're, if you're just questioning my, my uh, knowledge of the common or garden cucumber. Okay, so today on the podcast, the running order and again this is always you always we always write the running order in pencil so it can be rubbed out by a little bit of razor on the end as you lick your pencil and write out the chappy running order for the podcast then never put indelible because it's never set in stone it's never permanent market anyway today how could we make live golf more interesting huge Ferrare, furore, furore. Uh, about live golf uh, the competing golf league Uh, how can we make that more interesting my favorite name of the week why are there mirrors in the gym the incredibly disappointed missing soggy sandwich have you ever heard of a yeti stick you will be today on the podcast or over the weekend of the podcast the fitted sheet dance have you ever played the fitted sheet dance have you ever been interrupted by a piece of food one of my, my favorite pieces of food actually there's a parade of white trucks a parade of white builder's trucks. A bird reserving real estate finesse. My fancy berries. How many inches is my father's head or my grandfather's head? Um, head measuring, basically, because I think I do have a bigger head than most. How do you measure your head generally? Uh, I think my grandfather's head was extra large. My dad's is large. Uh, anyway, we will be measuring my head. My head was measured, and I will give you the results of... The circumference of my head, but there's many different ways. There's hat sizes and then there's circumference sizes. We'll be talking about that. I do miss the days of a nice suit. We'll be talking about that. Can we get rid of the undershirt? And also a way of keeping cool. I think it, it works for men. Don't know if it does for women yet. You have to try it and give me a jingle and let me know if it works. We'll be talking about that as well over the course of the podcast. Uh, And also mobile dry cleaning. What a great invention. But what's a better invention than somebody coming over and cleaning your oven? Yes, my mother told me about this. What a brilliant business idea. An oven entrepreneur. I wouldn't do it today though. You don't want to turn the heat on. You don't want to turn the oven on. It's only barbecues. Or maybe browning a hot dog with a lighter. I mean, people go for face tucks, uh, face tucks, facelifts. You could, I mean, it would be lovely to have a face tuck, wouldn't it? Where you could tuck your double chin or the excess chin. If you've got two or three chins, just tuck them away for another day. Uh, But tummy tucks, facelifts, everybody does that. But one thing that I want is to sweat less. Now, I hear that you can inject Botox. I have a very, very sweaty brow. I think it's actually a condition where you have an over-excessively sweaty head. Now the rest of my body's not too bad. You know, a little bit of uh, chest sweat, underarm sweat, but nothing like the head that's basically a sweat tsunami. So I'm wondering though, you get dogs that basically cool off with their tongue. Dogs don't sweat. I mean, just imagine some of those furry coats, how wet they would be if they did sweat. Um, But with me, I I want to have a situation where I don't sweat, but I get cool by sticking my tongue out. I've got a long tongue. I'm pretty proud of my tongue, except when it's coated in turmeric yellow. I mean, you don't want that. But, you know, if I go around panting, would I be arrested? Possibly. Um, but I prefer that as that a way to cool down. So is there a way that I could start in cooling down with opening my mouth and sticking my tongue out rather than drenching everything? But I've got ruined several Panama hats. This is the reason I'm measuring my head at the moment, because I think I'd get another Panama hat, but it's soaked in sweat. It's stained yellow. A beautiful ivory uh, Panama hat's now been stained yellow because of my excessive sweat. So if I'm cooling down by sticking my tongue out, I think that's a much better alternative than, uh, than the excess sweat that I have. And I have a lot of hair on my head, and it's dripping down, and it ruins the bouffant as well. I mean, that's one good thing living here in Colorado. Humidity uh, is not a worry. Humidity is never my friend when it comes to, uh, to keeping curly hair straight, which is, uh, in essence, my whim. Um, but anyway, I'm going to try it today. I'm just going to walk around with my tongue out and see how cool it'll keep me. So what better on a hot day than this nice spritzer, orange squash, or how about a bit of English fizz? Our green and pleasant land effortlessly produces a lean, acidic base wines for fizz. This is in the London Times. English fizz, of course, uh, for the Jubilee a few weeks ago, Jubilee Toast to Her Majesty 15 years ago. You would have struggled to find a native méthode Champenoise fizz that was worthy of a platinum celebration now. Uh, When we are bursting with bubbles, every bit as good as champagne, the struggle is deciding which to buy. It's impressive that the English uh, sparkling wine sales shot up by 30% in 2020 and a further 50% last year. It's been a slow shift from gung-ho but clueless grape growers and wine producers planting north-facing waterlogged frost pocket paddocks to the professional. Onology, school-trained, well finance. Uh, viticulturists and winemakers that lead the industry today. With 800 vineyards and 195 wineries, English acreage is up 70% in just five years. Nye Timber, our answer to Krug, is based in West Sussex, neatly illustrates a trend. It's English's largest sparkling wine producer with over a thousand acres of vines, making 25 times the quantity it did in 2006 and exporting to 20 countries. The uh, 2015 vintage with an all-important 20% dollop of reserve wine enriching the blend, uh, setting aside reserve wines as Champenois does, almost unheard of a decade ago. More than 70% of our vineyards planted in the Champagne trove: Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Pinot uh, Manoir, top dog bubbly is what england does best our green and pleasant land effortlessly produces the lean acidic base wines that are essential for the great champagne method fizz and it's partly because the temperature's gone up our temperature is the perfect temperature for making sparkling wines whereas in the champagne region in france the temperature's now too hot because of global warming forget those nasty nasty wasps and hornets uh, remember the beautiful bumblebee that uh, the child frequented absolutely everywhere as you're sitting down in the garden you're buzzing the bees on the luscious flowers and the pollen but bees are legally considered fish in California under the state's endangered species act the 1970 act uh, explicitly protected fish which were initially defined as invertebrates and because the act has protected snails and other invertebrates that live on land. Since uh, Tuesday's ruling, It said it interrupted the legislation to also include bees. Accordingly, a terrestrial invertebrate like each of the four bumblebee species may be listed as an endangered or threatened species under the Act. In short, the ruling restores protections to the bumblebees, which are initially classified as endangered by California Fish and Game Commission. Agricultural groups appealed this decision in 2020. Uh, A judge from Sacramento Superior Court sided with the farmers. Farming groups initially uh, petitioned against the term invertebrate as limited to only aquatic invertebrates in order to exclude bumblebees as a threatened species. The decision essentially allows the state of California to protect bumblebees and other imperiled species of insect as well as other types of terrestrial invertebrates under the state's Endangered Species Act. The term invertebrate includes all animals without backbones which make up a vast majority of life on earth. About 80% of the world's animals are insects according to the press release. Maintaining diversity of species and of of native pollinators in our ecosystems is a very beneficial to agriculture. Let's talk about liver golf for a second. A real controversy around and about uh, the golfing world. Got back into golf recently. Been playing for a very long time at a very low standard but these golfers are being paid, I think Phil Mickelson paid $200 million to join this tour, uh, probably to allegedly help his gambling debts. Um, but this is what's been going on. And then everybody up in arms because it's Saudi money, blood money, sports washing and everything else. The fact is I did watch a little bit of it, maybe half an hour, and it's pretty dull. Basically got some, uh, you've got some uh, B or C listers, some old timers, uh, some people who maybe pack up their clubs and take up maybe croquet or something or lawn bowls. Over the hill is another term that you could probably use. Uh, I, I'm thinking though, why not, why not try something, either make it crazy golf. So you're, you're basically putting into a clown's mouth or out of a clown's mouth, out of a clown's nose. Make it more perilous and Pennywise the clown from it involved. So if you, uh, you, know, if you miss the putt, you basically gnash for those uh, long dagger-like teeth. Uh, but I think maybe playing the course back to front is a way. So you start at the green, so you start putting, and you end up right on the tee. Just playing it completely back to front. I mean, I know they've got like a shotgun start, so they're all starting off different holes and all of that chaos. But why not just play everything back to front? I think that makes complete sense. Exhibition tour that's back to front, anyway. And people can't take the world's first realistic sex doll seriously because of an accent. People are struggling to take the world's first realistic sex doll seriously because of its accent. So let's try if we can do yeah, Hold on a second. We'll just Through
0: that system, you can connect to gonna... the robot and carry on the conversation with her that way. Once
1: you've got that loaded and you hit chat. Well, um, she just comes to life.
0: Could you came back so fast, baby. I'm glad you came back so fast. Wow, well, baby. Ten minutes without you seems like an eternity.
1: Yeah, you've got basically got a doll with a Glaswegian accent here. The Harmony 2.1 robot speaking. She appears to have a gl- I I, I get all emotional. What are you doing? I get all emotional without you. See I mean, it's like that sort of situation. You, you're expecting, like, fat bastard as your, your carnal doll. The 2017 video resurfaced on Twitter with a robot speaking in a Glaswegian accent. Hey, hey you got some haggis? Realbox uh, CEO Matt McCullough discussed in the San Diego Union-Tribune video the world's first artificial intelligence capable of intimate relationships operates alongside an app so you can actually have a conversation with it. But after the AI came back to life and uttered, uh, "Glad you came back so fast, baby," I'm glad uh, <laughs> in a strong Scottish accent. I mean, what what what's next here? Hey you. Have you got a deep fried Mars bar? As it gets hot outside, uh, incredibly hot. I mean, it was be 80 degrees here uh, early in the morning here in Colorado. And it's uh, 85, 90 degrees across the UK. Uh, yeah, I still working Old Man. I still work in the Fahrenheit. You get nothing better than a 99. Like a soft serve, Mr. Whippy, with a flake in the middle. Yes, absolutely delicious. But anyway, talking about ice cream, the world takes ice cream for granted these days We've conveniently found at supermarkets, gourmet creameries and made at home electric ice cream machines. The best creamery I was in San Diego last week where they're using frozen uh, dry ice, n- frozen nitrogen uh, to make this delicious ice cream. And it's a spectacle. It's all smoky and foggy, almost like Victorian London. And what emerges is a delicious ice cream or custard or whatever you want it. Think about America in the 1700s, a fledgling group of colonies with little in the way of culinary frivolity, much less something as delicate as frozen cream and sugar. Ice cream was destined to become part of the American story when President George Washington took a shine to the sweet new treat that was introduced to America by the French, uh, according to the Smithsonian Magazine. An early mention of ice cream in 1744 gave an inkling of the coming trend. Followed by the product's first advertisement, the New York Gazette in 1777 explains the International Dairy Foods Association. This was just after the year that America declared its independence from the British Empire, after 12 years before the founding father statesman, George Washington, took his oath of office. But his affinity for ice cream never waned as he brought it to his home at Mount Vernon in Virginia as a surprisingly high cost. As early as May 1784, records show a purchase by Washington of cream machine for ice, notes the Journal of American Revolution. A subsequent accounting in 1790 by a New York business merchant revealed that he spent $200 on ice cream that summer, which equates to about $6,300 in today's currency. While serving his nearly eight-year term as president, Washington bought a notable amount of ice cream making paraphernalia, including ice cream spoons, two ice cream molds, iceries complete, 12 ice plates and 36 ice pots. Washington and his wife Martha incorporated ice cream into official entertaining and it was indulgent. Only wealthy people would have ice cream and Mount Vernon's research historian Mary Thompson explained why it was so expensive. A person would need to own at least one cow that was not used for profit, afford imported sugar and salt and then have plenty of free time to make the luxury dessert, according to the Journal of Revolution. But more intimidating was procuring the needed ice, which needed to be cut out of a river in freezing winter temperatures, moved to an ice house, and then layered in sawdust or straw for a year-round underground storage. Yes, George Washington spent a lot of money on ice cream. However, today's ice cream aficionados are likely to laud its persistence in investment of what Yahoo Food calls America's favorite dessert. I mean, one of the reasons that George Washington uh, had to eat ice cream, though, is he didn't have real teeth. He had wooden teeth, wooden dentures. But since I've been going back to the gym, I have a big question, though. Why are there mirrors in gyms? Is, is it the sort of narcissist side in you? Is it almost like a wing mirror that you have to check out who's checking you out? But I think there's a lot of that going in the gym. I mean, I'm not saying anybody's checking out my old raggedy t-shirt completely covered in sweat uh like you know almost like a, sa- a sweaty sasquatch I mean nobody wants to see all of that going on but you know what is the question why do people have gyms with mirrors apparently though when you work out lifting sit-ups squats whatever to do it in front of a mirror it helps you work and perfect your form. The thing is, I don't want to look at myself in the mirror when at the gym. There's nothing worse. It puts me off going to the gym because when I'm at the gym, I look my absolute worst. I look a complete sweaty imbecile. So there's always a bunch of moves. but it's basically checking out that you're lifting the weights correctly but I really don't want to see it. And then I notice that my shorts aren't pulled up and I'm showing off my bottom crack, everything else. I do not want to have a mirrors at the gym. So, you know, big question of wh- why there's mirrors. I mean, I guess people want to look at their form when they're doing it. It's quite a sort of narcissistic activity in some ways, going to the gym. You could observe your form in the mirror and makes the space to look bigger. I would like... A gym mirror to look like the mirrors you get when you go to the fairground. All of a sudden you've got a long head or an extra long neck or it stretches you out. It may be fantastic if it sort of stretched you out whilst you're working out. Oh my God, I've lost a lot of weight here. But really, it's one of those funny mirrors. It's one of those silly mirrors. You can literally flex on the nibba. And also to test your geometry skills to... Be unnoticeable when you're checking out the hottest of other gym participants. That's why there's mirrors in the gym. They're like dodgy, pervy wing mirrors, you dirty people. What are you doing doing that? But yes, please remove them. This is putting me off going to the gym. Maybe I'm going to take up running so I don't have to look at myself as I sweat, as I clock watch, waiting for the whole thing to finish. A pal of Sir Roger Moore claim the late actor created the wall sensation, the chocolate covered ice cream during a 1960s interview. The late actor who died in 2017, apparently suggested Walls created chocolate-covered ice cream during a 1960s interview. Palin celebrity journalist Chrissy Eilie made the revelation just one month after Sir Roger lost his battle with cancer. She recalled how the star received a call from the company's boss and was sent to a real-life version of the popular product. Magnum was launched in the UK in 1989. Well, what a delicious ice cream you have there. Chocolate-covered, decadent. The name's Bond. James Bond. The Arillion Magnum, later rebranded as Magnum Classic. I do like some toffee in your Magnum. Consists of vanilla ice cream coated in chocolate on a stick. The iconic treats are now the world's top-selling ice cream with $2 in global sales in 2015. I like the Magnum that's basically in a little pot. They have chocolate covered. It's basically encased in chocolate, a sarcophagus of chocolate. So Roger's friend Chrissy said, one thing Roger is not universally known as is if I invented the Magnum ice cream. And I'm sure he would want me to, to crack that. Now, she claims he told her in the 60s I was doing an interview for some magazine or other and was asked if you could have one uh, wish to meet one person, ask them a question, what would it be? I would say I'd like to, I'd like to meet Mr. Walls and suggest they create a chalk ice. Just attempting re-entry, sir. Anyway, I don't know at the time, but other people like Claire Bloom were asked the same question they wanted to meet Gandhi or Jesus. But I got a call from Mr. Walls who set up me with a cake with plain chocolate on the outside and vanilla cream ice cream in the inside. The Walls empire was formed and founded in 1786 by Richard Wall. The business had been jointly bought by the Lever Brothers and Margarine... Unilever in 1922, an ice cream production, was launched in that year. Chrissy says more. A goodwill ambassador for UNICEF who was knighted for his humanitarian work said, I love magnums. I can make them last half an hour. So smooth. So cool. So Roger. I do think I'm getting more grumpy as I get older. I'm turning into a Victor Maldry. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I really do believe I'm turning into Victor Maldry. I was incredibly annoyed the other day when I ordered a Grubhub sandwich. Uh, well, not from Grubhub, but they were well, delivered by Grubhub. And it took an hour and a half. The lady was on property at Chappie Towers. So it took an hour and a half to find a way around the grounds to get past the gymnasium. <laughs> this is basically a tsunami of my sweat and uh, frosted up mirrors now. Uh, to find the place. And I got a soggy sandwich. And I complained with the chat person. The chat cyborg. Ibot. Robot. On, uh, on Grubhub. And then last night. I was served cold soup. Now you know. Gazpaccio is one thing. We expect a gazpaccio summer soup. But not a, not basically a cheesy, cheesy broth soup. With bacon and potato. Like a load of potato soup. And it was cold. And then my chicken fried chicken strips were also cold. And it, it sort of gets embarrassing because I was told that people don't want to hear complaints in foreign accents. The British accent is so condescending when it's complaining. And it's also the German. Bring me another chicken. Would that a nice? Terribly sorry, old boy. Your chicken's cold. A little chewy. And the soup, it will do not ask for spice. i load of potato soup. I want it piping hot. Boiled pot. Because the pot's not hot. Put soup in it. Eh, What? What? I mean, not that I sounded like that, but. I think i maybe turning into my old man. <laughs> it's, I mean, It's terrible. I think as I, as I get older, I get grumpier. Oh, I don't know maybe it's just the heat. I need a knotted wet handkerchief on my head, along with the sock round the neck that I have today as I present to you this absolutely nonsense-ridden podcast. Golfer's frustration at losing a ball is well known, but members of a wild Cornish course may have to search the long grass for longer than most. The environmentally friendly Gillyflower course in Los Withiel, uh, created by one of the founders of the Eden Project promises every inch of non-playing land, including the rust, will grow fruit and vegetables to encourage flora and fauna. The course on the banks of the Fowey River has been built from the remains of a previous club that closed in 2014 and was taken over by wildlife. The site is overlooked by Restormal Castle and the grass will not be clipped, not by lawnmowers, but by a trio of Tamworth pigs. I mean, just imagine if you, you know, strike a shot and it gets caught up a pig's bottom. I mean, I don't think I want to be chasing a pig that's probably frying in the sun anyway and has a very uncomfortable posterior. The owner is Sir Tim Smilt and his son Alex have been looking to address a considerable environmental harm caused by the sport's popularity. Greens are drained surrounding ecology as only grass is allowed to thrive. The average U.S. golf course uses over one million litres of water a day to maintain the appearance of bright verdant lawns. Director of golf Joe Mickleswaite, a former professional player, said that uh, when his team came to the site, they identified areas which nature could thrive without intervention. All of the machines at the moment are powered by fossil fuel. And when we started the project, we went around the golf course and tried to find how much time the machines really need to be out on the course. Not every square inch of it needs to be manicured and pristine. We're creating several wildfire mini meadows to attract and feed pollinators. We have expanded the areas of long rough, which will leave permanently uncut. The borders around the fairways will come to orchards for cider and cherries for making liqueur. The old uh, first hole, which was remodeled into a potager garden where rare varieties of bean, asparagus, shallot, and rhubarb grow. The majestic fallen tree has been toppled to form a place of wildlife to thrive. Yes, I, uh, I hooked my shot on number one and landed in a bed of asparagus. I mean, just imagine that, you go in, take your shot, And then you've got four or five stems of asparagus to take home with a knob of butter and some lovely buttered toast. I mean, it sounds fantastic. I mean, do you need to take your own pig? I mean, I might take my pig, take a pet pig with me. Like, if I land in the rough, then I could get my pet pig to chow around to improve my life. Is Is that legal or not? During the six year restoration of this course, the owners discovered 4,911 stray balls in the long rough lakes and up trees which made available for the members to reuse. So they're making money, saving money on water and all of the lost balls. Mercury is out of retrograde. Happy Sagittarius super full moon this week. The Sagittarius full moon is here to help you find freedom and the meaning in your life and encourage you to follow your heart and your inner wisdom. The full moon will highlight all the areas in which you can't speak your truth or show up to your most authentic self. It'll also flag where out of fear you ignore your inner wisdom, the direction of your heart wants you to go in or the opportunities that life offers you. It will show you where you're focused too much on the negative and what could go wrong rather than taking a risk and trusting that it could in fact go right. This moon will help you Uh, lovingly release all that holds you back to make space for new beginnings and as you get ready as anything can be achieved under the Sagittarius moon the Sagittarius doesn't like the word can't I know a lot of Sagittarius and that's very true and it's here to tell you that you absolutely can Focus on what makes you come alive and follow the joy of things that make you feel good. Stop pushing what you cannot control or change. Instead, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Then trust in the bigger picture. Sagittarius gives you the confidence to say yes to accomplish all that you want and who you want to be here with. So a little chappy home help advice for you to keep cool in the heat of the day. I don't know if like me you have several excess tea bags probably about five or six tea bags a day uh, because i drink so much tea so much pg chips and it keeps you cool darlings yes it does so take the tea bag give your old tea bag a little bit of a squeeze get rid of that excess moisture and then you put the tea bags in the freezer yes you put them in the freezer you leave them in there for two hours and you take your four or five tea bags out, they're very, very frozen. Uh, If you like the PG tips, they're the pyramid shapes, and you take the tea bags, and then you basically put them down into your underpants, in the sort of lower regions here, but this is what's gonna keep you cool. Your head is where most of the heat arises, basically, yes. So your head, (laughs) up top and down below, is where you have uh, most of the heating problems. So if you're getting overheated, get four or five frozen tea bags, put them into your underpants, and you'll feel a lot cooler. And if you're after the Tucker Carlson uh, situation of uh, tan balls, then uh, the tannings in the tea, uh, the staining of the tea leaves will make your balls a lovely, lovely rich brown colour as well. We have uh, some very sudden, uh, sudden breaking news here. Uh, the organisers said that they're announcing the news with a deep sense of sorrow and added the Isle of Man TT racers pass on their deepest sympathies to Roger and Bradley's families. The Isle of Man is a self governing Crown dependency known for being a tax haven and for its Manx cats, a breed of domestic cats with short stubby tails. The racing driver Nigel Mansell also lived on the island, which did not install its first set of permanent traffic lights until 1970, and the Conservative peer Baroness Moan and her husband uh, Doug Barrowman live there known as the ones who make bras and officially the world's worst job Vladimir Putin's bodyguards collect his excrement on foreign trips and take it back with him to Moscow in a dedicated briefcase to stop Western uh, spies collecting intelligence about his health. Um, it's basically a Samsonite shit carrier. But I don't know how many of you know that the video for the infamous Club Tropicana by Wham was filmed at Pike's Hotel. But there's an incredible story about the man who built the Club Tropicana party hotel and his own luncheon. It's one o'clock in the morning in Ibiza and Tony Pike is happy. The night is warm. The bar is busy and he's surrounded by his friends. He's trying to tell them about the time he bought a copper mine in Papua New Guinea. But it's a difficult story to fit between the music. He's drinking beer, but not too much. It's always been more about the stories To Tony he hasn't taken drugs for a year when a stray line of ketamine saw him take a tumble. They talked about the ketamine and the fact that he's 84 years old. This is a story of a man who built his dream of how he carved out the most infamous rock and roll hotel in the world with his bare hands and unleashed decades of unparalleled hedonism. But there's more about that is about blind faith hard work and hard extra hard work and overplaying the hand life deals you and what happens when a man runs out of fantasies buying the farmhouse where the pikes hotel location is left tony skint and charged with a dedication he didn't know he possessed he worked seven days a week dawn to dusk hard filthy dangerous work caked in shit no water to wash And living by oil lamps at night, he concentrated on the task in hand, the hole to dig, the pipe to lay, the wall to build. He knew that if he stepped back and saw the whole challenge, it would engulf him. As he lay at night and watched the stars through a hole in the ceiling, he thought about his previous life, he thought about his brother... Then he got up in the morning and worked even harder. After two years, he had five rooms and a hand-painted sign saying Pike's Hotel. A few guests arrived, but it wasn't easy. Tony couldn't afford a phone. In the evenings, he sat exhausted on the terrace, drinking beer and praying for a taxi to drive up the hill. He fought a terrible, rising fear. He thought he had made a mistake that maybe he gambled everything and come up short. And then from the terrace, one evening, he saw a man approaching through the fields. The man walked uphill. For Tony, he descended from heaven. The man was from a record label and needed an exotic location for a music video. A week later, Wham! arrived. If you watch the Club Tropicana video, Tony is a straw-hatted barman. The night before the shoot, Tony and George Michael had a few drinks, and then then Tony and George hooked up. Pikes was born. Club Tropicana was an early MTV hit, and others sought out the decadent location it portrayed. Pikes became known as a place for Rico's, Famous, the rich, foreign and famous, Tony was a draw. He would take, top up drinks around the pool, take guests out on the yacht and escort them to the island's vast open-air goo club where he had 50 keys for the VIP room. Freddie Mercury would summon Tony to his room to debate the meaning of life while he spooned out cocaine onto one of Pike's laminated menus. The hotel hosted Mercury's legendary 41st birthday party but it's a video from Club Tropicana that saved Tony and made a dream come true. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Oh, the Pikes Peak story. It makes you seriously want a pina colada at Pikes Hotel, Club Tropicana style. Uh, If you like this podcast, like and subscribe where you can. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify as an audio version, Slacker Breaker, Audible, iHeartRadio, Pandora. You can listen everywhere. If you basically twist your glow sticks at Pike's Hotel, as you twist them and the colors intersperse and then come together, you can hear the sound of Keep Calming Cauliflower Cheese emanating from a blow, broken glow stick. If you like music though, if you like music, and today we have an extra special Butler Emporium hot, 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 heated to an inch of its life, is if you like things braised, if you like a nice crispy skin on the outside, because it's so bloody hot, then the Butler and boring playlist is very hot today. You have plenty of Wham, you also have some Miko, Billy Piper, Elvis Costello, Paul McCartney in the Wings, Matt Bianco, Club Tropicano, 808 State, we have a little bit of a clubby end to the Butler Emporium playlist. Normally like to sail away on a yacht, but today we're going to be popping it up, dancing it up. I'm getting out my orange shirt. I'm going to be sweating. Maybe the cigar will be hanging from my lip as well, as in the days of yore. That's the Butler Emporium playlist. Paul McCartney's 80 this weekend. Across the podcast, we have lots of Beatles Wings tributes. Ziggy Stardust is 50. We have lots of uh, little uh, additions from Ziggy Stardust. The brilliant David Bowie album is 50 years old as well this weekend. But coming up next, we have a poem. is when we got to the beach, McNish. I screamed, sprinted to the sea, slung off my shoes and socks, ran towards imagined having waves and jumped each tiny treacle that I found there with just the same excitement. You stayed back, took your socks off more timidly, giggled at your stupid mother, eventually took my hand. We jumped together, and we jumped together, and we jumped together. Three hours later, collapsing on our backs, we made angels in the sand. The seaside always made me want to scream. Now, with you, I can. We'll be back before the end of the weekend with another sizzling podcast for your ears. To crisp up those ears. Open you to more audio delights. Until next time, chappy saying Cheerio.
0: Don't let the buggers get you down.